Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Wings for the game. Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom, cash back. Even a last minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to another Tuesday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. I'm your host, not Craig Custance, she's Sean Gentilly. Here with Max Boltman, we needed at least one Detroit area member of the Athletic on this show. Craig, like the dirtbag he is, has bailed on me this week. He's on vacation with his family at an undisclosed location. So, we brought in... The person that Craig called such a bad person on the air last night or last week or whenever that was, Max Bolton. What's up, buddy? Not a lot, man. I was just deciding between one of two retorts to the intro, and it was mm-hmm. between why you're not on this Cousins family vacation as as usual. <laughs> you you would usually attend their vacations. Or- they put me. They put me in the dog rumble seat with <laughs> with Burley. That's that's typically that's typically my spot. Like in the back of the station wagon. No love for Uncle Sean. Uh, okay. Or I was going to do something about the second that the podcast starts on Tuesday and people hear it's your voice, there's like a six second countdown for them to figure out who the guest Click. is before you introduce it. It could be Click. me. No, it could they be just Granger. It could be Ryan Clark. It could be anybody. I mean, it's probably, it's it's probably, probably going to be you. <laughs> Let's get real. <laughs> I'm a lazy, I'm a lazy man. What's new with you, buddy? What's uh, what's new? What's new in Detroit? Well, uh, a lot of goals are going in the net. Um, different ones than than to start the year <laughs> when it was a little oh uh, little sunnier around here. I don't know if you caught the eleven to two game a couple weeks ago. Uh, a couple five goal five two not five goal losses, but five two losses to to Ottawa over the weekend. So um, not uh, not the brightest of moods around uh, around the LCA lately, to be honest. I watched one period. Of the Penns Red Wings game, that was my God. This is more than a week ago now. And I was like, okay, I'm good. It was five nothing, and then and then I think I flipped over to I flipped over to the Oscars, I believe, or whatever. Oh, Hoops, just in time. I can't even Did write. you make it I just in time? What it was? I don't know. What, what are you talking about? Did something <laughs> happen at the Oscars? 
What did I miss? What I should have done at the at the top of the at the top of the show here was just done the done the Craig thing where I just read whatever whatever is on the show sheet in front of me because as we've established, he doesn't like he comes in completely cold. <laughs> like you can put anything in front of him and he'll he'll Ron Burgundy. Yeah, it. So I, sure. I should have I should have just not looked at anything and and uh, and straight up and, and straight up read down the show sh- the the show sheet. Austin Matthews will score 60 this season is 70 out of reach. Like that's what we're talking about. We're about to talk about Austin Matthews here and, and we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But if Craig read that, he would be seeing it for the first time. Um, but I mean, look, I, I know we, we joke about it all the time. We're loath to talk about Austin Matthews on the show. Cause good Arizona, good Arizona boy that he is he plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're not an American team. Sam goes for Johnny Gaudreau. Good American boy that he is. He plays for, the Calgary Flames, who, while almost an American team, as we established last week, are still, unfortunately, uh, located north of, the, north of the border. They both had big games last night. Gaudreau scored twice for the Flames. Uh, but, man, I, much as we, like, as we would like to avoid talking about the Maple Leafs here, when you have Austin Matthews scoring a hat trick, putting himself on pace for damn near 70 goals on the season – we got to address it, right? He's going to he's going to score 60. The question is if he's going to if he's going to score 70. Uh but man, what did you I don't know, Maxi. What did you what did you think of last night? Hanging 3 on the on the on the Tampa Bay Lightning is still is still something. He's pretty it, good. It's definitely something. And that brings him I believe to 47 goals in his last 47 games, scoring at ridiculous rates that just uh you keep think uh, you don't really think he's going to slow down. But that level of scoring is crazy, and it's frankly, you, you say can he get to seventy? He's got thirteen games left. He would need sixteen <sighs> more it. goals. Yeah, that is that is the James Myrtle. But I'm I got the schedule up right now, Sean. They got it's not it's not impossible. Yep, they got a game against Detroit. They got a game against Philly. They got one against Ottawa. They got one against Montreal. He just got a hat trick against Tampa. They got another against Tampa, and it's an ESPN game. I assume Austin Matthews gets up for the ESPN game. I mean, like the good American that he is. I don't think this is I mean, of course. crazy. I don't think he does it. I think he probably. I think right now the pace is sixty five. I'll say he gets sixty seven. I, th- I think that's. I think that's the question. Is like, what's the over under on this? But I will say, it's not impossible. <laughs> He's at a goal per game in his last 47. If he wouldn't have missed that time, I it is it sounds insane. I think I think you'd almost you almost have to bet on him to do it. And if he if he throws up another Hattie at some point, then it's real. Then, I mean, then it gets he, the watch then it's, it's 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 very real. Like if he if he comes out and we're recording this on Tuesday morning, if he comes out tonight against Florida who good as they are, I mean, they give up goals. That's, that's that's an offensive juggernaut there. Not the tightest defensive team. It's still it's still Bobrovsky. He's still capable of self destruct, like st- self destruction at any given point. And then Dallas is Dallas, and in in Montreal, I mean, whatever they're the worst team in the league. So if he comes out of these next three games and he scores, let's say six goals or five five or six goals in in the next in the next three games i don't know man i don't know if you bet on it but i think i think you can say that it happens the better question is like what's a realistic over under here for him 
Is it like 66 and a half? 65 and a half. Yeah, 65 and a half or 64 and a half is probably what it would. We could probably check this. I'm sure we have some sponsorship that we could probably go consult. Uh, and, and, and there's probably an actual answer to this question. But it's more fun if we don't, right? It's just, I don't want to be the guy, there's a bar debate, and I'm the guy who pulls out his phone and just has the answer. We got to just hash this out between us. Do we have do, do we have odds on that from our friends at, at BetMGM, the official betting partner of The Athletic? I'm not going to be up the at one to <laughs> Sign up at betmgm.com slash The Athletic. Uh I, I hope I hope they have odds, but if 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 not if not they should. The other question I think after last night is and I, we do this every week where we end up awards watching, but it's just that it's just that time of it's just that time of year. He's he's gonna win the heart. He's gonna win it. That's that's where that's where we are at this point in the schedule. It's a mix of Toronto bias, pro Toronto bias, which is a real thing, no matter what anybody says, and. People are just people are sick of voting for McDavid, and Johnny Gaudreau just hasn't. The, the charge is happening too late for him. The round like, number thing is, for Matthews is yes. going to be a huge part of this, right? Like it, it, it does remind me of kind of the the dry sidle uh, one. Not that that wasn't deserved, but uh, the dry sidle from a couple years ago. The round number milestone helps you when people when people look and this. Is, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is a bad thing because w- numbers numbers count milestones matter especially on this sort of stuff but when people look at that goal column and they see a number starting with six in it they're not they're not going to be able to turn away and we can sit here and we can talk about you know how great johnny gaudreau's five on five numbers are and how he is a better even strength player than austin matthews is and how he's gonna johnny gaudreau's gonna finish with well over 100 points this and that I don't think people are going to be able to, people aren't going to be able to look away. Like, and, and, and how do you, how do you look at a dude that scores 66 and a half goals or whatever, or whatever we're, we're putting him at for, for the season and not, and not give it to him. It's going to happen. It's funny. Cause I kind of had felt like at least like a week, as of a week ago, Shesterkin was starting to get some separation on it. And I don't, I, I don't, I still don't know that I would say he's, not the favorite, like, but but the, I do oh, agree man. with you on the round number thing. Like, or I guess I said it, but you were you were leading me there. Uh, the sixty thing does like it's gonna it's gonna play into this, and if he I, he's I think he's gonna get there. Um, obviously, I don't know. To me, like Shesterkin is the difference between the Rangers being a two or a three seed and okay, potentially can, out. No, is he not? We can talk. We can talk about this. How do how do you personally as a voter and someone who's had votes the last the last couple years because this is something that i've never really been able to oh god i've never really been able to work through it on my own it's tough the goalie thing is tough because goalies fundamentally are more valuable than skaters just just by definition so and and i've had i've had goalies on my ballot before and i can't i'm i know i i'm sure i had i'm sure i had carrie price on it on it uh uh at one time or another, but I'm definitely, I lean, and is it, this is, this might be, bu- this might be bullshit on my part, but I lean towards leaving them off. Like it's, it's tough. I, and that's, and that's not fair, but I do feel like, I, I feel like it has to be something above and beyond just because of the nature of the position relative to the other ones to actually put a goalie that high. And I think that's where we are with Shesterkin. I mean, I, it, like he's, this is, 
it's not just what he's done. Max, you, you, you sort of said this. It's not just what he's done individually. It's what he's done in the context of the, of the team he's playing for and, and how badly they needed him to be that good for, you know, basically the, the duration of the season. So I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's tough. It really, it really is. There hasn't been, and, and this is a team with Artemi Panarin on it. I, I, Panarin's been on my MVP ballot at least once in the last two or three mm-hmm. years. So it's not like this is a team bereft of talent. Adam Fox obviously won the Norris last year. But there hasn't been a game, a week this entire year where I didn't think he was their far and away but most important best player. They're a bad five-on-five team. Yeah. That's that's just it. Like, like you can, I mean, Adam Fox, great. He's going to be top four in the, in the Norris, let's say, worst, worst case. Again, Panarin, great. Chris Kreider has, speaking of, <laughs> will he become the, He's going to hit 50. Is he going to be the second American to score 60 goals this season? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious. He's 60 goals, and I think 95% of them came on the power play. I, th- that's a good team. Obviously there's some really talented pieces on that team. And I think they're set up for success down the line better than they have been for the, at, at the start of the season. Right. Cause they're much, they're much better with Andrew Kopp and Tyler Mott. And, and they're, a, they're a better team now than they were last month. And weirdly enough with Shesterkin, there was a stretch that uh, was two weeks ago, basically where he, it wasn't like a dip, but it was a mini lull where, where he got he got chased in one game and then was sort of so so and in a couple other ones and now he's you know now he's back now he's back in god mode and he not single handedly beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in one of those games but close enough that by the way will be discussed by our guests which we should have teed up I should have teed up at the, at the start of the episode and forgot Brian Boyle is fantastic we'll talk we'll talk more about him later uh Shesterkin's back. Shesterkin's back into form for sure. I just think, I just think the goalie thing's going to come back and bite him in the ass because it is. It's 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 logistically tough to parse because the way I feel like it, if you wanted to, you could have a heart ballot that was just five goalies every single season by the letter of the law, and then you you do that and then move on. But I, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. You could. I historically have, have not had many goalies on. I, I do feel Shesterkin is a special case. Mm-hmm. And I will make that case to you because I know you've been hanging out with Dom a lot using mm-hmm. some numbers. Kind of. I don't know. I wouldn't say we, <laughs> I wouldn't say we hang out or more workplace friends. I see a lot of uh, a lot of screenshots of texts uh, for the power rankings. I, I think the influence is real. And that's good. Dom's great. Uh, but... If you pull up the goal saved above expected numbers for the entire league's goalies this year, yeah, uh, Shesterkin is it's actually number two, very narrowly by Freddie Anderson. But that's I kind of and this is uh, this is probably so analytically undisciplined of me. I just throw all the expected goals numbers out the window for Carolina because that's there's what they do. Something, yeah, like they just it, it, they're amazing, um, and and their goalies managed to have this. I think Nedeljkovic was like crazy in goal saved above expected last year. Mm-hmm. Too. Was he like he was top three in the league? I think yeah, he was third in the yep. league. Um, so f- I just for whatever reason I just disregard Carolina. If you if you do take Anderson out of it, which I realize that I'm already through one hoop here, but wait, it's I, like wait, I, I, I do, up I, by like I do have a, almost. I do, have a, I do have a question for you. Why is nobody talking about the Carolina Hurricanes? <laughs> um, Freddie Anderson should be should be the heart <laughs> the rightful heart winner. Um, but I mean. Anderson and Justerkin are at 33 and 32 goals they don't expect it. The next closest goalie is at 18. That is that's, like far and away. It's crazy. I don't think and when I, you think about you the fact what, that honestly, the Canes, they, the Canes were already this good. 
when they didn't have Freddie Anderson and the Rangers, when Shesterkin was not doing this, were not. So that to me, that's the whole thing. I think that's the, and, and that's the argument, right? Is that without Shesterkin, the Rangers probably aren't a playoff team. Are they better than the Islanders? <laughs> I, I don't, don't think, think so. so. I don't think so. So it is so egregious, <laughs> like you said, with it, with the with the importance that he has to that team and, and, and the effect he's had on him over all of it. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where he sits on my ballot. And I still, personally, I still don't think he's going to win it just because of, you know, the Toronto effect and the in the uh, in the six that's going to be next to next to Matthew's name. But man, that's it's going to be it's, it's going to be a factor. Um. I, I, I love God. We're, we, we could spend the next hour and a half talking about awards BS, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it a ton going down the stretch because it's fun. Everyone everyone likes doing it. The other, the other bit involving a great American in the last 24 hours is our post-game quote from Pat Maroon via our buddy, last week's guest, Joe Smith. Uh, the long and short of it is that Maroon and Wayne Simmons in the in the Leafs the Leafs Lightning game last night both got ten minute misconducts, kind of preemptive ten minute misconducts. Pat after the game goes, the game is going the wrong way. I guess you can't chirp each other on the bench now. I guess that is illegal. I guess it's better to watch 1980s hockey when guys are chirping each other. But I don't know why they did that. Um, I don't know why they did that either. <laughs> Do we have do we have a good explanation as to what as to what these officials are doing and why they're you know they've moved on to preemptively calling this stuff? It's happened to tw- it's happened twice to Simmons in the last in the last ten days. Like, are they just that are they just that terrified of of fights? It seems like that might be the deal. It's weird. I mean, these are two heavyweights, and if they if they did want to avoid the really dramatic outcomes in a fight. Um, and one hand, I guess you could say these are two guys who can, who could handle each other. Um, but they're also two guys who are, you know, this is the upper echelon mm-hmm. of the league's potential scrappers. Um, so if you wanted to avoid this fight, just, just to be safe, if you wanted to, to say, we're not, we don't need to do this. This game's, the game's over, right? Um, I, I guess I, I could understand that. I, I, I wouldn't support it. I don't think that that's, uh, I think that's a bridge too far. Um, but I guess I could understand it. I get what Maroon's saying to a certain point. I think it is kind of ironic. Yeah. I think, I think it is kind of, kind of ironic coming from him. Who's one of the few guys left in the league who, you know, does play, does play like it's the eighties and he's been compensated, you know, pretty well for it. And has found a lot of success. He's a, he's a folk hero in Tampa because of the, because the game he brings. I just, it, it's just a funny, it's a funny line. And it's one of those things where you see it. You see that he said it, and you kind of roll your eyes, right? Like that's you're just like, all right, what's he? This is just this is just whiny, you know, uh, whiny stuff from a from an older guy who's you know look looking back and wishing things the the, the way that they were, as I do all the time, because I think me and Pat are the same age at this point. Um, but I think there's, I do think there's a kernel of truth to it. Like there's something about preliminary misconducts just for guys. For guys, for guys talking shit that I just don't, it just, it just rubs me the wrong way. And I, I don't know if that's, you know, it's, it's kind of easy to look at it and see, and after seeing the response to the Jay Beagle, Troy Terry, Trevor Zegers affair of a couple nights ago, which by the way, had some, 
national penetration, I think, in a way that a lot of NHL stuff doesn't. Like I saw, I was yep. I was at a bar yesterday and saw him talking about it on, on PTI. Like it's get it's getting attention that hockey stuff doesn't get right. And, we're, and of course, we're talking about Trevor Zegers kind of blowing up on Jay Beagle after after Jay Beagle. Uh, I don't. I, how how would you how would you characterize what he what he did Detroit Terry did, I, did did he did he did he punch him and keep him on his feet so he could keep punching him is that is that what is that what happened is that fair to say uh that might be it yeah I mean I, I think he went too far with Troy Terry yeah. for sure like I, I think at that point mm-hmm. you know I, I I do realize that Troy Terry went in there of his own volition to you know stand up for for Trevor Zegris but there's you know I I think that fight was over um yeah yeah I think that's fair to say. And I and it just it brings us back to that discussion, which I feel like has gotten there's there's two there's two ends of that conversation. And and Brian Boyle, by the way, was was Excellent. was great on this. I I thought he I thought he brought a lot of un, understandably he brought a certain amount of perspective and a certain amount of nuance to it. Um, but there there were two ends of that situation, right? The first one was. And Boyle alluded to this. He talked. He basically said the Ducks are the Ducks definitely have a reputation for just <laughs> talking talking shit during during yep. during games, right? And if that happens when you're down when you're down that much, and then you take maybe a borderline poke at the goalie, like stuff's gonna happen. Where it. <sighs> Which like I don't do you, what what do you what do you think about that? Let's I, I don't mean I don't mean to put you on the spot, but what what do you think no. what do you think about maybe Trevor Zegers or Troy Terry not 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 getting like one punched or suckered or 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 knocked out on his feet and dragged around, but what do you think of them having to answer for, you know, gum flapping and potential borderline pokes on the goalie like late in blowout games? Because I don't know functionally if I have a problem for that. Like if you. If that's if that's the way it's going, and you're going to be mouthy and chippy throughout the game, you maybe maybe pay, maybe pay a little bit of closer attention. And I'm and we're we're going to get the overall pointer, but that is that is the that is the first end, I think of the of of the discussion there. Uh, my okay, so this might be just the stupidest thing I've ever said. Uh, my first reaction was, I'm not actually sure that the the first the cross check to Zegras actually had anything to do with anything out like that that happens five times a game to anyone whether you're a skill guy whether you're a grinder you dig around the goalie's hand when he's trying to cover a puck or or or, you know has covered a puck or whatever you can argue you can argue that uh that is that is the outcome that you expect to happen right tyson nash turns it into a culture war thing with his commentary Uh um but i will also say do i think jay beagle enjoyed that opportunity a little was more read- because of who it was, was? He ready for it Absolutely. i'm sure he did i'm sure he did right and that you could probably apply something similar to the troy terry thing although i don't that one i really think was just kind of he came in and it's know, a bad outcome it, it, it went it's yeah exactly it's a bad it outcome. Gone where it's it the stuff that but again it's stuff we see not every night but that's that's the way <laughs> that's the way it goes that's the way it goes in in these games especially at the end and the outcome the outcome was terrible and jay beagle is a tough dude who's been in the league for a long time and troy terry was not ready for it he he wasn't ready for the smoke he got clocked in the face however many times got punched more times than he should have like a hundred percent that should have stopped there was there was no need 
no need for any of that to go down. So that's, you know, whatever, not particularly necessary. The stuff that happened on the ice is understandable to varying degrees. And honestly, frankly, stuff that I'm okay with <laughs> to varying, to, to varying. I, I don't, I don't have a problem. Up with, to a point with Terry. I don't have up, a, up to a certain point with the up, Terry up, thing. But before the, the second, third punch is Detroit Terry, I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with tro- with, Trev- yeah. with Trevor Zegers taking a poke at what might be a loose puck in the crease. I don't really have much of a problem right. with Jay Beagle com- coming in coming in and, and cross-checking him in, in the back a, a little bit. It was it was one yep. time it happens. It's hockey. Everything after that was is, is a little bit fuzzy. What it turned into and what the dialogue ended up centering around was what Tyson was was what Tyson Nash says, and that is completely apart from the discussion that was probably there from the motivation of of the guys on the ice. And I think Brian I think Brian Boyle kind of spoke to that. I don't know that those guys yep. were mad about Troy Terry and Trevor Zegers scaling it up at the end of the game. I think they were probably mad about them talking shit and potentially taking a poke at the goalie in the crease. And to have Tyson Nash turn it into, you know, whatever, some, a, a cable, a cable news audition where he was, you know, he <laughs> was 15 minutes, 15 seconds away from blaming, from dropping avocado toast and, and blaming millennials for not <laughs> buying homes or whatever, whatever it was for him to go into that mode was just crazy. And that, and that is what people reacted to. And that I think is a separate discussion from what actually from what actually happened on the ice. It seemed like there was a conversation he wanted to have, and he saw an opportunity to kind of, you know, jam it in there and start it. That is the question. How long was did Tyson Nash have that one in the hopper? Like, at what point during that game did he look at the stuff that the Ducks were pulling and just decide, like, I'm I'm saying this at some point. It doesn't. It, it, it doesn't matter when. It could have been when the Michigan happened and he's like, this guy gets, you know, he gets away with this and then later, because, okay, so look. He could I, have I been cover... watching, he could have been watching ESPN Plus like the, like, like the rest of us whenever, when, right. when, whenever, yeah. whenever Zegra scored and was like, I'm taking it, I'm taking a dump on this dude. It's it, at some point. It could have been. I mean, and, and, and okay, I should uh, expose myself a little bit here. Like when I was, uh. I which game it was, the Red Wings, I think it was Red Wings and Senators, but it might have been the game before that last week. The Red Wings had a play where they had a guy digging around Nadelkovich's hand. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted like how that guy just does that and, and no Red Wing steps into him for it is beyond me, right? So I'm I'm not above like no. kind of criticizing uh, some of this stuff and like there needs to be a physical response that's to it. this. It's, it's, ho- it's uh, hockey. That's what it is. That's how it's always it's been. It, and, poke, and that's not the best poke, justification. You but. poke at a goalie's hand someone's going to try to knock you on your ass. That's the way it goes. There's nothing wrong with it. That's the sport. I don't think people were mad about that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and if he had just said like, you know what, like you, you go around a goalie's hand and, and you're going to pay a price or whatever, like no one, this would not have made it to Twitter. Right. No, but it, he took it to the skilling it up thing, which happened much earlier in that game. Um, because I think it was probably a conversation he was ready to have, you know, like I think, and, and we're all, by the way, ready to have like everyone that's why it went as viral as it did because everyone on twitter was ready to have it too we're always looking it's for one of those things where it's just like it's red meat and it's red meat for all of us yeah. because it is i mean skill versus grit is is just generally a through line with you know twitter discussions at, at times so to have it blown out into the most like 
purely diametrically opposed ideas, which is like Trevor Zegers, who's the skillsiest, newest age dude on, fun. on the books. And Brings he's, a lot and of like, yeah. And he's fun. And he's like, I mean, you can you can watch him out there. I mean, Boyle, Boyle clearly was speaking from a place of experience, right? Where he was like, yeah, those yeah. guys, <laughs> like those guys, those guys talk. They talk, they talk a lot. And then, then on, on the other side, you have, you know, Tyson Nash saying that everybody should get punched in the face for, you know, being, for, for being too good at hockey, which is a hundred percent what he yeah. said. Like there's, that is, yeah. it, which is, again, it's very funny because that wasn't even, that doesn't even apply to the, to the play to the as play. it was called. I'm still. The skilled play of poking at a, at a goalie. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody knows it's like, it's like you got, you got the Michigan and you got the Forsberg and then you have the poke at the glove in a, in a, in a, in a five, one game. Those are, I've seen kids trying it in Pee Wee. I was going to say, have you, everybody, everybody who's, who spends like a significant amount of time with, 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 uh, you know, around, around the kids game is, is saying, you just see it. You see it constantly. My buddy's a coach. He's, he's, he said, you'd be amazed. The poke poke, baby. They practice, (laughs) they practice their Michigans and then they practice their, their goalie pokes. That's the way it goes. Um, that's not that's enough of us talking about this though. I I think I think the guy you want to hear talk about this is Brian Boyle, and it was again, oh buddy, it was a it was a good it was a good interview. We went long with him, like we were we were prepared to let him, you know, get the hell out of there. He's he's renting he's he's either renting or borrowing J T Miller's house. I don't know if that I don't know if that came up on the record <laughs> or not. We're 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 about to let him go, but he was he was so good. He just he hung up for a while. He talked about nutrition, what it's like being an old guy in the league, you know, what it's like joining joining the Penguins, you know, in the particular spot that they're in. I, I think he was, I think he was great, and he's coming up next, and you can enjoy that. And then we will be back to shut her down with the only good segment of the show. Wings for the game, boom, cash back. New lucky jersey, boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game-changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Wings for the game. Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom, cash back. Even a last minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. We are thrilled to be joined by Penguin Center, bottom six, skeleton key, Brian Boyle. Uh, But also, most importantly, I saw... Last was it was that last week two weeks ago, you were uh, a, a power forward on whatever the Penguins like pickup hoops teams are. I saw you. I saw you throw. I, I saw. I saw. I saw you throw down at the at the NCAA tournament game. You got up. It was fine. Is that what it's called? Is that a throwdown? It was. Uh, 
I mean, you you didn't that get was ice cold. The, wearing the, tight, it went in. It, it went jeans, in. Yeah, cold. you were you're you're yeah. wearing jeans. I need you're like fine. a twenty minute warm up before I do something that stupid again. Um, <laughs> I mean, so were you were you like were you like a three sport guy in high school? Is, is that is that is that, is that uh, part of the played back? football and baseball? Yeah, also along with hockey, tight end, o- offensive line. What was the what was the football position? Uh, on the varsity, I was into, I was a safety, which was, I was like 190 pounds of six, five. It wasn't ideal. I was going to uh, say a six, seven safety. Were you six, seven, I were you six, six, seven, five, like sophomore year. And, uh, that was the beginning of my shoulder issues, <laughs> but I was a backup QB oh, no. too. I played some quarterback. Uh, I could throw it, but I just didn't have any idea how to read a defense or learn the plays. It wasn't, uh. It was fun in middle school. It wasn't as much fun <laughs> in high school. Yeah, I mean, we're catching we're catching you guys at a at a weird time on the schedule too. It's 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 Monday. You've had these two days off in between the Avs games. Obviously, played in played in Denver on Saturday. I'm sure by the time people listen to this, the the, the Tuesday game will have already gotten will will, will have already gone down. Um, what is that? It's, that's such a weird scheduling thing when you have a, a home and home against a Western Conference team with, with 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 two days, but be, you know two days between. Obviously, it's it's the Avs, it's the Penguins, it's two 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 legit contenders. But I mean, how, how do you how do you go into a quirk of the scheduling like that? I know it's it's later it's later in the season, but it's it's a weird it's a it's a weird kind of deal to have to to, to have to work through in April. Yeah, I mean, we got it with the Islanders. We got it with Boston, um, closer to mm-hmm. Easter. Boston, we had like five days in between. So it's kind of right. I mean, it is what it is, right? Like, especially after the last couple of years, you can't really. I mean, it's not even. It's not even a topic of discussion in the locker room because it's just like, yeah, we fly back and we'll see him again on Tuesday, and this is we'll watch the video, and this is what we're gonna do, and I'm sure we'll watch our penalty kill meeting again, even though we didn't have to use it. It's, it's like you know, you just. It's a good opportunity. I mean, it's a really good team. I find that like earlier in the year, you. you you kind of knock off some of the uh, the road trip games. You, you play, uh, you know, usually within a couple of weeks, you play a Western team and then you'll go out there and find yourself playing against them again. It's it's rare you'll play one early in the season and then again late. Uh, I think that's just kind of how they bunch the schedule up. This is different. Uh, I certainly haven't seen three home and homes that I can remember, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. Does it carry any extra weight given that it's given that it's the abs? So I, I look you you guys you guys lost on Saturday, but Mike sounded like he was pretty pretty happy with the process at least if if if, if not the result. When you're playing against a team that's that, that's that good that you know you look ahead to May or June or whatever, does that does, it, does that change anything? I think you, you wanna you wanna try to play your best game, obviously, and against a team like that, when you make if you make mistakes that you know, you might not think are as big of a deal. They cause problems and, and it could, could lead to goals mm-hmm. against. You can kind of realize how important some of the details and in our structure is. It's a good a good reminder of that. You get to see the pace that different teams play with. Uh, why, why have teams had success? Uh, where are they at? How do you feel when you're on the ice? How does it look on the video after? It's It's a great opportunity and it's great that, you know, you get to play every team at least twice. Um, because of that, but you know, it's, you, that's kind of the mindset you have for every game, but then you get, you know, you don't get that McKinnon ranting in, uh, every game either. So it's like, you have to understand 
and pick up on things like that. So you understand who you're out there against. It's, it's just more reps against uh, a, a quality of opponent that you think would, you know, is probably built for success, has expectations for success as we do. So, you know, you want to see how you measure up. Hey, Brian, I'm curious. You had some long runs, some teams that go on long runs with New York and Tampa early in your career. At what point in the year do you start to kind of know that the group you're on is capable of something like that? Is it something you can know early? Is it something you even know by this point? Does it have to wait until the playoffs get going? Well, you want to you be as healthy as you can be, but you have, you know, you want to see how you're up in the standings. You kind of, I always said that you are what your record says you are. And we've shown signs where we, we can be a really elite team. We've had, had, had some stretches where it's, it's been tough, but I think for the most part, our, our, our hardest part of the season was kind of early on. And if you look back at what we had to deal with, you know, we're, we're missing Sid through injury. He was coming back from a surgery. Uh, then we had a bunch of guys with COVID and Sid got COVID. And um, so I think, you know, that was our, we were tested then. And then, you know, we got embarrassed recently in, in New York. You kind of see how we respond. And, um, you know, there's things like that that you can take out of a season to see kind of where you're at. I, I look at how we practice. I look at the, how guys are in practice, how competitive they are. You know, we practice that power play every day and our penalty kill wants to shut them down. It's, it's things like that where guys want to get better. It's really encouraging. And there's that feeling of high expectations that we had in New York, we had in Tampa um, that makes it a really exciting time of year. I mean, that's, that's our goal. That's what we're pushing for. And, you know, every team will say that and every team probably believes that this is exciting for us. You mentioned Sid. I feel like we got to ask everyone uh, who's in your situation that comes on here. What have you learned about him as a teammate that you never would have, or what surprised you about him that, that you never would have guessed about him as an opponent playing him all those years? With Sid? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's so cool that, you know, I get to be his teammate. I mean, chasing around, <laughs> yelling at him, trying to get him off his game, which, you know, didn't really work all those years. You get to be on his side now and, and just watching him, you know, everything he does, he does it with a purpose. If there's been a lot of games, the way he practices, the way he, you know, what time he comes to the rink on a practice day, how long he stays on the ice after, if there hasn't been a lot of hockey, if there has been a lot of, everything is calculated and it's, it's not just for that day. It's, it's, you know, the week prior and the week after probably. And I'm, I'm, that's my guess because I'm trying to figure it out too. You see how great he's been every single year. So, you know, I want to watch him and see what, you know, what's the secret sauce. Obviously, he's gifted, but there's there's a lot more to it. It's uh, – and I don't know if it's even surprising because I kind of came in with that expectation and there's the reputation he has for how hard he works. Um you know, the genuine interest he has in his teammates as well and the way he includes everybody is, uh, you know, beyond what I thought it could be because, you know, obviously he's pulled in a lot of different directions being who he is. He makes time for a number of people, but especially his teammates who, you know, he, he obviously cares about. It's uh, it's it's really a thrill and a, and, a, and a privilege to get to be on the same team as him. I mean, you were you were in kind of a weird situation. Well, an interesting situation with him because he had the he had the wrist surgery, then he had COVID shortly thereafter, and then by the end of November, that's like when he it seemed like you know from a production standpoint he rounded into shape. He kind of 
he he kind of hit that next gear. So did you feel like you got to see him, you know, kind of ramp it up after after a weird off season and after, and after a weird start to the season? And by the time thanks, Thanksgiving rolled around, it was like, all right, this is this is standard this is standard Crosby stuff from him. I mean, it, it, I watched him skate a non-contact, you know, with basically one hand, and I looked over. <laughs> You know, our skills guy, our assistant coach, Ty Hedis, I say looks pretty good to me. <laughs> we could probably use him tonight if that works. <laughs> um, but he has his he has his process. He expects a certain uh, level of play for himself. And and he, you know, you saw then he got the COVID. He didn't really get any game reps. And, you know, this is a hard league, but it didn't take very long after that for him to just say, okay, you know, I got this and, and go be Sid out there. Right. You mentioned that you mentioned the Rangers series, and we should, I mean, we should bring this up because it seems like you guys are on a collision course with them for whenever the playoffs are all around. What did you take out of those two games? You said there was stuff to learn. I mean, uh, what 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 were the takeaways? Because, like, again, the odds that you guys see them again here coming up are, are pretty are pretty good. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see them a lot. We pay attention. I'm sure they watch us. Um, you know, the, after the game in New York it was less about on the ice and more about how we were going to handle it off the ice. So, mm-hmm. uh, cause we got embarrassed really. And I thought we played a better game the next time we met, but it's, uh, they're a good team. They have great goaltending. They have a lot of speed and skill. They got, they've added. Um, so their depth and their lineup is, is better as well. And, um, you know, they, they want to play a fast game. That's, you know, that's what they're built. That's how they're built rather. And, yeah, they obviously have you know good special teams, good goaltending, and they can put the puck in the net. So it's you know that's a pretty good recipe for them. Uh, we have to combat that with the way we play. Yeah, is there there's more to it than just like try to beat Shesterkin, right? Because he's been unbelievable, and try to keep him off the power play because they've been they've been, they've, they've been unbelievable there. It, 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 they're in a, they're an interesting team as far as as far as all that's concerned, right? Like, when, but what I what have you seen from from Shesterkin? Because from, I mean, whatever. From from our standpoint, he's it seems like night in night night out. He's he's been the best guy in the, best guy in the league this year. Yeah. So what you've seen from him, I mean, we all, you know, I don't scout the goalies that much, but right. like he can kind of. It's almost like in a Johnny Quick way where he just kind of hovers over, and you know, you're not going to get anything for free. So um, he can play the puck really well too, which is I don't know if that's talked about that much. He's. Uh, and that's a huge asset for a team. So you try to keep it out of his hands, but it's, uh, yeah, he's, he's given them, he's given them obviously, uh, a ton of great games. He's, he's been, he's been a pretty incredible story this year for them, how well he's played, how consistently I know he's played a lot of minutes. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't figure out goalies. I try not to look at him too much. <laughs> and I don't try to look past him, but it's, uh, you know, that's what you need. And, um, I think the teams that are in it, the teams that are having success and climbing, and there's a lot of teams in the conversation right now that could do some postseason damage, and they all have great goaltending, and, and we're one of them as well. I'm curious individually, like what were your individual expectations for yourself this season? Look at it, you know, I think you played about 11 minutes a night, already nine goals coming off of, of where you'd been. Like what were, what were your expectations for what this year was going to be like for you? Uh, I want to play more. <laughs> I mean, it's – that's, you know, I – I trained really hard last year. I tried to stay in shape and um, because there was a belief that I could still do it, you know, I, um, it wasn't because it's just what I always did. So I want to 
to keep going. I, I thought that I could do it. I thought I could help a team and I wanted another chance to win. I've been close. Um, you know, and there were times this season where it, that taking that year off, it, it kind of hit me in different ways. And uh, if it was the schedule or whatever it was, you can kind of go through lulls. But I think the last, I don't know, a couple months, um, didn't play great in, in a game in Buffalo. Obviously didn't play great in New York. I don't think anyone did, but, you know, I've been pretty happy with my game. I wanted to keep kind of growing and getting better and better. I think uh, team concept wise and, you know, penalty kill wise, I think I, you know, have a really good grasp on all that. Um, you can kind of simplify things once you start to really understand how your teammates play and how, what you're expected of in the system. It's a little bit less to think about when you can get those things down, you can go out and play and react. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just really thankful for the opportunity that, that, uh, Hexie and, and Sully have given me because like, you know, I didn't know why I wasn't getting one last year. I thought the year before I got injured, but other than that, I was playing. Okay. I came back in the bubble and played. All right. I thought I played pretty well. So it's just, you know, take the opportunities when you can get them. Um, not going to say like, oh, I'm just happy to be yeah. here. I want to, I want to help the team win, mm -hmm. but I am thrilled to be here. I mean, when Ron and when Ron and Mike brought you in on when they initially signed you to the PTO, it was like, oh, of 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 course they're they're going to bring in Brian Boyle. They talk so much about you know adding the kind of stuff that you provide, whether it's size, whether it's whether it's physicality, whether it's you know that kind of that kind of stuff you bring to the game. It seemed like a no brainer for them to for them to bring in someone like you because they were openly like. This is this is what we're looking for. So, over the last couple of years, though, I mean, I, I know whatever last year, last year was what it was. But before that, with Florida, with the Devils, did you think that that was something that they lacked as a team? Like that sort of that sort of you know the the, the sort of presence that you bring on the, on the bottom six because because they were trying to add it in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll be honest, I didn't really I didn't pay as much attention. Um, you know, and when I thought of them, you think of the, you know, the two big guys up front and right. uh, the guy in the back end that's that's running the power play as well. It's like, you know. Uh, he's, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. Depth isn't really, you know, you worry about 87, 71, 58. Like it's, it's, uh, and then if, if, you know, you focus too much on them, you get Gensy or Rusty. These guys have turned into, you know, incredible players. But, um, you know, obviously, Getting cards last year, he, he provided a spark right away. I think, uh, and, and how Teddy has kind of come along as as that you know shutdown guy. That's that's great depth. I think right down the middle. So I didn't think too much of it then. I just thought I just thought like if I can get if I can hook on and and provide something, I'm gonna. And if I get a chance to, I'm gonna try and seize it. I wanted to ask about Teddy specifically. You've been really complimentary of him, I think, over the last over the last few weeks. I mean, the last last month, especially when he was hurt. I mean, he's he's a guy who doesn't get a ton of credit, right? He d doesn't get a ton of attention because because the role he plays. But like, what if uh, what what do you think has made him effective, really, for the last for the last few years now? Honestly, he's a he's a he's a he's a good player, and I I don't think a ton of people are aware of that. Well, I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to you know, get your name in the headline, uh, <laughs> I guess on the team we're on because of what we have and, <laughs> and, and what those guys' roles are, the top guys, I mean, and they provide it, obviously. So that's, you know, that's what sells tickets. That's what makes fans. That's what I want to watch too, right? But 
you know, there's times in the game, if those guys are playing one third of the game, you get two thirds of the game where you have to be effective. And, and he really, I mean, any D zone draw first penalty kill, like we're throwing Teddy over there and, and he is getting it done. And the guy competes like crazy, but he's on the ice every day trying to get better offensively as well. He's working on his skill. He's watching video. The guy, you know, he's consumed in the game to try and get better and better. Um, I, I don't think there's, if there was, if, if anyone went and said, Hey, if you do this, you'll get better. He's going to go and try it. Right. He's not going to pass up an opportunity and he's so effective with it. And then when, you know, we can get into the offensive zone, he wants to make plays. He wants to contribute offensively as well. And, you know, I say a lot, like when you start 200 feet away from their net, most of your shifts, it's, it's hard. Um, it's a hard league and, you know, he can do it and he can, get down, create things, and, and it's discouraging for the other team because of how competitive he is. And every shift you're going against him, you're going to get his best. And it's not easy to play against, which is a, it's a, it's a huge asset to our team. So I, I want to take you back to your uh, between-the-legs goal a couple months back against uh, the Coyotes. Obviously, the kind of the, the topic yeah. of the week right now in the NHL is this idea of uh, skilling it up and, and what you need to be prepared for when, when you pull a move. I know yours is a little more in flow and a little more – that was probably your best shot at that goal. But where do you kind of stand on this idea of this, like, you know, should, should guys uh, have to worry about, about a little bit of retribution when, when they pull a Michigan goal or when, when they pull some of this stuff out of the bag? I don't know. I think uh, you got to try and stop it, right? Like, look, it's creative. And, and you know, I'm not the fastest guy. So I, I, I get around the net. I got to think of different ways to put it in, right? I, I work on deflections and, and that one kind of, I caught a pass and it kind of handcuffed behind me. So I used my leg as a kind of a, to block the stick of the other player. And that was my only shot. I had to get it up quick and went in the net. Um I took a quick glance around though, because that was, I think the sixth goal <laughs> yeah. of the game, you know, it's just like, you gotta be ready. And I think with the skill it up stuff, I mean, if you're going to go poke at a goalie when you're up five, nothing after you've already done that and your mouth's flapping the whole entire game, uh, every game you play, you got a lot to say to everybody at one point or another, people are going to get upset. Guys are competitive. There's pride. Um, you know how it was handled after that, uh, I don't know. I saw it quickly once. I think uh, if a player goes down, it's, that's probably enough. There's no more punches thrown, but I think it's just, you know, guys have pride. Guys want to, this, this is a hard league. Um, you know, if we got one goal and it was on a, a bad angle shot when I was a younger player, you're going to get yelled at by the other team's bench and they're going to finish you. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it, it has changed and I understand that and the, and the skill's phenomenal and Kids are trying it. Kids are going on the ice trying it. They want to get to the rink and do it, which I think is a, a huge positive for the game. People want to go to the rink. People, more eyes are watching the game, which I think is a huge positive in the game. Um, I play the game because I want to win. <laughs> and if uh, someone on our team does that in a playoff game, I'm I'm going to be the first guy to cheer him on and say it was unbelievable. It you know that's the that's the stuff that I think matters the most. Trying to win games trying to win championships. You talked about the difference between when you were young and, and how some of this would have been. Where do you see the biggest differences between when you came into the league and, and the league today? Has it been a huge shift? Has it just been little specific things or does it feel pretty much the same? Well, it's every year it gets faster. Um, every single year it gets faster. And, you know, that's, that's great. Guys want to get better and bigger and faster. And then you see things that 
you know, collisions happening, guys could get hurt because they're going faster, different things like that. That's just going to happen, really. Uh, I think guys get on the refs a lot more, but again, the game's moving a lot faster. Um, things are, it's, it's difficult to see. Um, you know, obviously there's less of that stage fighting. I think the competitiveness and, and heat of the battle, that's, uh, that's always been there. I think that should always stay because, I mean, that's, that's part of it. You don't want to give an inch. Um, I don't know why there's so many more five on five goals this year. That's, that's interesting to me. Um, I, I don't, but I mean, that's a stat and it's up and, and I think goals are, are going to sell. So, you know, you can't be upset about it, but it's, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I think if that's the way it is and there's more five on five goals and you're playing even right up and the best team wins, like that's what's better than that. You're playing a fast game and in your face game, uh, there's, there's still plenty of physicality and it's, you see it ramping up still. Um, look what teams did at the trade deadline. You know, it's, uh, you know, I love where it's at. I love being a part of it, but watching it too. I watch, I watch hockey every day. It's, it's just, it's awesome to see. Well, to me, that's what makes the skill stuff so amazing is that it happens in this tough, hard environment, right? Like it's, it's not as impressive if it's, if it's, if there's no threat of like, you know, someone's coming for you while you're doing it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. If you see, uh, guys are going to go to the middle of the ice. They're trying to get to the middle of the ice. There's been some big hits with guys going to the middle. I know Truba had a couple of them early in the year, and people it, it sparked a discussion. And I, there's no discussion here. That's uh, that's how you're supposed to defend and come to the middle of the ice if you, with your head up. And if you don't, you're going to get knocked over. And if you want to keep coming to the middle of the ice, you need to pick your head up, or you're going to get knocked over. Right. Um, it's just you know that's and if anyone wants to argue that, go ahead and. Go ahead and do that, but don't talk to me about it because you're an idiot. It's like that's just how <laughs> hockey's played. So uh, I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, that's something Matthew Shane, he was, we had him on a couple weeks ago and he he talked about that a lot. He said, he's, I mean, it's crazy talking about Matthew Shane this way because it feel like, feels like he came in the league yesterday, but he's he's 30 now and he's, he's talking about seeing different cycles of the league and he said he feels like it, it. there's a changeover. Like every four years, it feels like there's like kind of a new a new, a new phase, like a new, a, a new, uh, like new elements that get added. So I, I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting. And like, you're, you're someone who's whatever, where you're, you're in your 15 here, right? Like you've, you've been through, you've been, you've, you've been, you've been through a lot of it. It's crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we we're in Dallas and guys are just congregating in the hotel lobby. We got there early enough in the day where somebody, maybe we're going for lunch or something. I kind of popped my head over, said what they were doing and, and it was six, seven guys. Oh, we're going for an acai bowl. I was like, okay. I never had one. <laughs> and I said, maybe a few years ago when I would come over to this conversation, guys would be talking about going somewhere, but it wasn't going for an acai bowl. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have a couple of beers, you have your dinner, you get some rest and you go play. Like that was, that was how it was a little different back then. And now it's, I mean, guys treat, treat their bodies so much better. It's, uh, not that they didn't before they worked hard and, and tried to combat it with even, you know, you know, skate harder in the morning or whatever you have. But with all the information that we have with technology and uh, understanding how our bodies are going to work, uh, that's one big part of it. Um, the nutrition, the nutrition stuff is, yeah. is, is what's crazy to me. Like you, yeah. you hear guys, you hear guys how, how they eat now versus like 10 years ago. It's, 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 it's wild. 
Yeah, it is. I don't understand even some of the stuff that they're eating. And I, I can't believe how many people have uh, gluten and dairy intolerances. It's amazing to me. But <laughs> It's magic. Everybody's, everybody's yeah, got the intolerance. Two or, three, uh, two or three of these string cheeses a day that I bought for my kids. And uh, they don't even live here right now because <laughs> they're at home in school and I'm still buying them. Uh, but no, you go to the rink, everything is, uh, it's just, it's, it's not only it's really healthy, it's really good. And we got, you know, three different chefs that are unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like, you don't have any excuse. It's on you. Is there like, is there like a go-to meal now that you weren't, that you weren't eating 10 years ago? Are are you an acai bowl guy or are you, are you, are you doing the poke bowls and the, and, and the, and the fish and all that? When we do poke <laughs> bowls uh, for lunch, I'll, yeah, I'll get right into that. It's delicious. I mean, I always like sushi. I always ate fairly healthy, but like now it's, now it's less pasta the night before and I'll just have a steak. I got to cook it myself. And, uh, <laughs> That's, you know, I enjoy it, <laughs> but it's not like I'm not going to get, in, you know, fettuccine Alfredo anymore with six breadsticks. It's a little different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is, it is crazy. Cause we like for years, it was like pregame, like pregame pasta and stuff. Right. And it just seems like that's, that's, yeah, that's I, actually, out yeah, I stopped doing that like five or six years ago. I started having mm-hmm. the sweet potatoes and salmon and I mean, I must have had that meal 400 times now, but that's, you know, my stomach feels good during the game. I feel like I got plenty of energy. That's the only reason. It's not like I don't eat it because I enjoy it. I just, it's, it's just what works. It's, it's, you know, it's necessary. Yeah, you, I'll try things you, in the summer. And you don't have a belly full of, a belly, a belly full of fettuccine Alfredo. Right. When you're trying to skate, that probably, that probably does yeah. help in hindsight. Like that scene in the <laughs> office where Michael Scott's running his 5K or 10K. <laughs> I have never, I have never drank less water and eaten more fettuccine Alfredo than I have today. <laughs> Classic, Brian. I, we we appreciate your time, man. We're gonna let you go. We've kept you for almost almost a half hour here, but um, thanks for it, man. And and good luck, good luck with the rest of the season, and good luck, uh, good luck with those with with, with those acai bowls. That's, that's it's very very important. This has been nutrition with Brian Boyle. I'm very new to it. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, we'll see. My wife has them. She knows how to do it. I like. She brings me home the green juice every day from her. When she drops kids off, she gets the green juice and she will bring it home for me. So, but fortunately, enough, the penguins have them in their room, so I I can. If she come, she's got to come back from Disney World so she can get you back on. Yeah, back on the back on the regimen. Yeah, I know they'll be they'll be back here uh, for Easter. Um, my son and daughter get a little school break, so I'm looking forward to that. Love it. Yeah. Oh. That sounds good, man. Congratulations for you know a pretty pretty solid season so far, and uh, good luck good luck with the rest of it. Thanks so much. Appreciate you guys. Thanks okay. for having me. Thanks, man. All righty. Take care, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, that was great stuff from Boyle. Uh, my big question for you coming out, Maxie: Are you an acai bowl guy? That's what the world. Needs I've never about. had one, and I would not even know. I don't know what's in one. Should I have one? Acai. Idiot. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. A fruit. Wait, let's look this up. I like a fruit. Side bowl. I'll, I'll have a fruit bowl. I like, I like, I like poke bowls, poke bowls, whenever, however you want to say, however you want to say it. Yeah, it's fruit. It's like a side. Fruit and a side, It's not just like a fruit salad, right? A side, blueberries, frozen strawberries. There's like some kind of green in there, isn't? Isn't there? I don't know. Okay, it looks like that. some bananas. That looks good. No thanks. Yeah, I'd eat this. I'd eat this for sure. So acai is the base. The fruit, it, kiwi. The fruit is the the acai fruit is the base of it, and then you throw other, throw other vegetables and fruits into the mix. 
whatever. I'm not a huge granola guy, but I think I would just eat eat this with the, just the fruit and maybe some like seeds or something. I don't know, man. I tried, cool I tried being a smoothie guy for a little bit. I bought a blender and all that. I just can't. I don't think I can. My dad's a big smoothie guy. Mr. Boldman. Should, you should bring him in on, on, on the SI train. All the old guys love it, apparently, except for, except for me. But, He's probably already on it, to be honest. <laughs> is he really? I don't know, but he loves smoothies. Like we bought him a, um, we bought him like a really nice blender for his birthday a couple of years ago, and he he mentioned it for like a year I, I straight. Did, I, I, I bought, saw him. He's like, I love. This I bought blender. a nin, I bought a ninja blender on Amazon and have barely have barely used it. It's pathetic. Well, anyways, wherever Brian Boyle is, I hope he's enjoying a lovely acai bowl with uh, whoever. We should have asked who he was who who the who the culprits were who the on, on that is, on yeah. that team. Gensel Gensel doesn't strike me is one of those guys marino uh, but i latang's a latang's a latang's a nutrition he, he's a okay. might be not, might not be healthy enough for him honestly so uh, he might be <laughs> he might be <laughs> ingesting some other hyper nutritious glop but now we we should ask maybe next time coming up the only good segment on the show we're back max you're an iphone guy aren't you Oh yeah, we text with a blue bubble. You're not. You're not. You're oh, yeah. not one of the dreaded green bubble folks. Have you left a comment with your phone on the Athletics Podcast page on your episodes? To my our episodes on, on on anybody's. I have not. It's a disgrace. It's probably time. Go do it, buddy. There are 47 comments on our last on our last episode. <laughs> we have. Uh, I, it's a mix of like, I don't want to say training people. It's more begging them. <laughs> to go to go leave comments on, on on our pages especially now that iphone users for the most part seem to have the ability to to leave comments and you fun folks are coming through because 47 comments on an episode of this podcast means that whoever is hosting whether it's me or craig or maxi or the very very mysterious Corey pronman that means we almost have to do nothing you guys just you guys just tee it up this is as easy as it gets so we appreciate you doing our jobs for us. the The checks are the checks are in the mail. Forty seven comments, unbelievable. Max, this is from Alex B. Max, when he was on the Monday show, this is a direct quote. Somebody's somebody's transcribing you now, buddy. The shoes on the shoes on the shoes on the other foot. The Tuesday show, I'm loyal to the Americans. You can't get me on that. I ride for the Americans. Now that's coming from Haley. That is, a, I do remember saying that. That is Haley Salvian trying to bait you into some kind of you know, whatever nasty, nasty answer about us. Um, I appreciate you saying that even though Craig comes on and bad, bad mouse you. Um, yep. Michael K defended you here. He said, you expect better from Craig. He's just jealous that Max went to an actual university instead of a farm school. Wow. We got the, we wow. got the Michigan, Michigan state, uh, stuff bubbling to the top. Absolutely. <laughs> Joey N saying you guys need to bring Craig's kid back on for a live performance of his music said you completely talked over the whole track last time making it unlistenable which is which is true that's because which it, kid we, was this Cal Cormick wow Cormick is doing like Cormick is learning how to he's like whatever 10 he's learning how to make loops and stuff on, on, on his computer and he wrote a song and we played it at the end and it was months ago. So in the meantime, in the meantime, people have been unable to leave comments. So we got Joey N here talk, talking about bringing bringing Cormix Cormix uh, Fruity Loops thing back or whatever. I whatever support this. 
Mm-hmm. Um, here's a good one, and you're you're better equipped than me because you're because you're beeping on the road more. Josh R says, "This is a question I've had for months, but way back in, in November, December, Haley was talking about the press dinner she had the night before and how it was, it was above league average, which made me wonder wonder what is the best press mo- press meal y'all have had, and where was it?" Uh, I, okay, I think Detroit's is one of the best. It's a huge buffet line that has yeah. uh, there's always two on two to three entrees, two to three sides, a carving station, chicken tenders, potato wedges or fries, a full Little Caesars buffet full salad bar, nachos and hot dogs. So which is like it's a, the biggest selection for Love sure. It. You can you can debate the, you know, but I think if it's if if I'm going to take Detroit out of it cuz I didn't have that meal on the road, right? Yeah. Uh I think Vegas's is really good. I haven't see I've I've never been to a game in Vegas. Vegas is good. good. Uh the Kings is really good. Uh the LA, LA's is really good. I got the popcorn and stuff. Yeah, well, the popcorn the snacks, is a staple the snacks, for sure. The snacks the, the, the snacks are always great there. I'm trying to remember what it is in Nashville. I think I liked it in Nashville, but I don't remember if that's just because I know someone who works for the Nashville. Like I, I grew up working with someone who works for like the Nashville catering people. So oh, I just wow. maybe just had some good vibes around it. Um, they always have, but I think have, those would be my top. They always three. had, they have, they have good stuff in Nashville. The key, the, the key is to try to cover a cup final or two because they really bring out all the stops like at the local, at the local places there. I remember in, in Boston, in Boston years ago, they had they had a full. I don't even know. I don't know if it was actually legal seafoods or what, but they had a full a full seafood spread. You'll get like local local favorites. They really pull out all the stops during the during the finals. So I'm I'm psyched and I'm psyched at the thought that maybe the Hurricanes will be involved with it because we'll get some we'll get some tough ass barbecue, baby. It was Tex Mex uh, is, is what it was in Vegas. Oh, man, that's by the way. I know he asked Love for it. for what was it. It was Tex Mex. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, Michael K. Max, he has a question for you specifically. Um, he said he can finally ask you some win some win questions. Loved all the Sweden stories. Michael says, "What's the general feeling from fans there about Edvinson and his play? Um, and did you see any of the upcoming Swedish prospects not drafted yet? He was wondering if Matthias Havlid would be someone to watch for a second round pick. Do you have a, do, do you have any idea there? How how into the Sweden stuff are you? I, I know you wrote an, a wonderful set of stories from 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 over there that everyone should check out." I don't know Havlid, but I can ask Corey about that on the uh, on the Friday okay. show next time we okay. have one. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I don't think I saw any of the draft year guys while I was there. Um, but Edvinson's really good. I mean, I, I saw him three games. I thought he got better each game and was pretty good to begin with. Um, but I thought by the end of the week that I was there, like you know, and they were coming off a long layoff. They were coming off. I think it was almost a month of no games because there was a COVID thing in the league and, and Edvinson had had been hurt right before that. And so the first game back, it was like, he didn't, you know, he, he looked good, but he, he didn't like have a massive impact on, on the game necessarily. But the, the second two games that he had a huge impact, he was breaking up plays defensively. He was transporting the puck up ice. He was aggressive. It's kind of interesting because I think in his draft year, there was this idea about him that he was, kind of almost like a chaotic player. And I, I can't really speak to that because I didn't watch a ton of him in his draft year, but that is not at all what, what he is in, in the Swedish hockey league. He is a um is definitely an aggressive and assertive player, but he doesn't he rarely looks scrambled to me. Um really poised. Obviously skating is tremendous. He's super long and when he has the hands that he does, that's a crazy package for for a defensive player to have as, as a puck transporter to to bail off of pressure from four checks to, to recover and get back defensively to break up plays. So I, I thought he was really good. 
Um, I, I, I didn't talk to a ton of like fans over there to say what mm-hmm. like fans over there think, but, but certainly the people at Ferlunda were, you know, over the moon with, with how, <laughs> how he had, he had done. I always love, I always, always love hearing the prospect evaluations from guys like you and Corey and Scott Wheeler. Cause that's just like, that's a, that's a club I don't have in my bag. Like I just don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good at it. So, so to your folks that are actually good at it, it's always. I would not claim to be good at it. That was just an easy one. Like that's Whatever. just like a, you Whatever. know. <laughs> Whatever. Just false, false modesty. We all know the egomaniac that you are, buddy. <laughs> um, C. Venn says, really enjoyed the Matthew Kachuk interview. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. He was, he was great. My pet peeve with hockey media in the Kachuks is that St. Louis gets too much credit for being their home. They're Boston kids through and through that just happened to be born in St. Louis while their dad was playing there. Uh, I don't know if that's tongue-in-cheek, Steve. If so, it's very funny. But Matthew Kachuk is a St. Louis dude. That's that's home. He, he started. He was talking about the cards last week. He's he's his Walt's a Boston guy. Brady and Brady and and Matthew are not. <laughs> they are they are St. Louis fellows. I feel like there's got to be some kind of. Like, uh, there's probably some, like, you know, if you're, right, because it's like if you're an American citizen and your kid's born not oh, in the God. US, your kid's a citizen. Right. So, if you're if you're a Bostonian and your kid's born somewhere else, like, they, they always have the Bostonian in them. Uh, well, and in, in the other thing, I think this is a good point. This is a the the tr- the kind of kernel of, of truth that Steve's getting at there. There are a lot of guys, and this is the, the nature of, of hockey, I think, in this country. There are a lot of guys who... You see that person X was born somewhere and sometimes they leave. <laughs> sometimes they go yeah. elsewhere and and don't spend as much time growing up there as you as yeah. you think, right? I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's necessarily I don't think that's necessarily the case with uh with with Matthew or Brady. Jesse W says, Hey Craig, when the full sixty went on hiatus, you said it would come back in a different format eventually. I have not seen anything. It was my favorite hockey podcast. Well, Jesse, this is the full sixty now. I hate to break it to you. It's <laughs> The interviews are half the length and he's got a jackass talking about him for the, for the, for the rest of it. Um, Mark, Mark artist says, great show. Duchenne interview might be the best interview I've heard all year. Great job, Sean, specifically. I did. Do, I am. Thanks. I am great. Since the abs are not going to be able to keep that second line together, which team is going to give Kadri a massive contract this summer after the, after the crazy season he's having? I don't know, but I think it's, I think it's worth noting how great Nazem Kadri has been this year. He's the popular opinion is the flyers, right? I mean, that's the Kadri is such a, he's a flyers player in a lot of ways. He he's, his stuff would play well in that city because he's got, he's got that edge and he's got that, you know, I'm saying this all positively because for the most part, except when Kadri's getting suspended in the playoffs, which is he's due for another one in about a month here. Um, he's a, he's a blast to watch and he would fit really well in Philly on that level. The reason you should either be excited or concerned about that if you're a Philly fan is that he kind of fits from the from the he, he fits the blueprint of what they're trying to achieve here, right? Because they are whether you whether you agree with it or not, they are not out to rebuild. They are out to spend money and you know add some quote unquote in their prime players. So I think that's I think that's a great call. But man, has he been? He's been so good. <laughs> he's been great this year. I mean, I because yeah, look, you have. McKinnon's been hurt. He's been in and out of the lineup a, a couple times. You know, I, not to take anything from him or or Rantanen because they're they're just unbelievable players. But who's leading the team in points? Yeah, 
<laughs> it's Nazem Kadri. He's got 83 points in 65 games. Oh man, I, I can't, I, I can't wait to see that contract. How terrified though? Like, like, would you be like, so he's 20 points over his career high already. And you're talking about a guy who's going to be 32 on, on uh-huh. or around opening oh. night next year, going mm-hmm. from Colorado to most likely if the team has enough cap space for him, a team that is not, it's not, not nearly like Colorado. If you have enough money to give, to give Kadri the kind of deal that he's, you know, on track to get odds are you're not going to be very good to begin with. <laughs> and you're going to take him away from, you know, again, I, I, yeah, we need to, we need to start adjusting for this. Just like we adjust for whenever, whenever players go to the Canes, we need to adjust for, yeah. for people ending up on the abs. Like they just, they, they, you know, go in one end of the machine and come out and their numbers are, are better by, by X percent. And that's, and that, that, that has a lot to do with it, but man, he's having, a, he's having a great year. Also, the the shooting percentage is not is not completely out of out of out of control. There. No, it's it's like his that's what, average. That's what's wild. Yeah. He's he's not he's not over his head there. Like he's he's an eleven he's he's not, eleven percent shooter on his in his career. What's the on ice? Let me look this up really quick. The on ice shooting percentage is thirteen point two, and that's where it's that's, been crazy. That's because it. it's because guys are because guys are because guys are sinking it's the assists. Yeah, so it's the assists throwing, that are inflated. He's throwing he's throwing lobs, and that's okay. But man, he's 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 gonna get paid, and God. God bless him for it. Chris J, summer pod idea. Have the, Kuch- have the Kachuk brothers on the same podcast and no interrupting, which I don't know if, that, don't know if that's possible for me or, be a long or Craigers. Show. Long show. I, we might not, honestly, with, with the amount, with the amount that those dudes talk, we might not even, we might not even have have the opportunity to interrupt, which would be good for everybody. Also thought the interview with Matthew, that Craig sounded like he was underwater, which is true. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna throw Craig under the bus here. He forgot to plug in his microphone. I don't know if I said that on on, on the show last night. Got a new mic, forgot to plug it in for the, for the interview, and he sounded like he was yeah buried in sand. That's 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 completely his fault. Not producer Jeff, not me, just Craig. Uh, two things from Jonathan O. He says just Jerry Jerry Mater Calgary into the U.S. Ding dong done. Which is true. They're they're very nearly the official American team of of the of the of the Canadian portion of the league. He also was complaining about Craig's audio, as I said, all all his fault. Um, Adam P had a great <laughs> had a great question about the Anchorman brawl that we didn't get to that we didn't get to last week. But we 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 should say it here because we have we have another we have another host on this show. Since I assume my Anchorman Brawl question last week wasn't fit to discuss, I'm going to leave my, my thoughts on what would happen here. Even if you don't read this on air, I'll put it for your own enjoyment. Ah, I'm reading it, so whatever. Monday and Thursday would be mainly doomed by Ian's split loyalties. This is, again, if there was a brawl between all of us. Monday and Thursday would be mainly doomed by Ian's split loyalties. That won't work. Haley would be trying to tell everyone, can't we all just talk this out together? Uh, Adam, no, Adam, I disagree. Adam P., that is your first mistake. That is not what she would be doing. <laughs> she's too nice to actually hurt anyone uh, also also false <laughs> mac and do would also get distracted by a compulsive need to spout facts about some legendary line brawl deep in the annals of 1958 that is correct that is you have mac and do peg there that's just you would end up you end up talking about you know something involving the toronto st pats or something tuesday would be a total wild card until it would absolutely be steve carell running around with a lit grenade in his hands that's right Craig would do decently for himself, but would have issues getting his teammate to strategize with him, given their track record preparing for interviews. <laughs> That's right. We don't know what we're doing. 
Friday is the dark horse. I think Corey would be an extra sneaky ninja and no one would see him coming. That's correct. Very mysterious. Yep. Max would help draw attention away from him before Corey goes for the knockout because they're a great combo. That's right. You're the, you're, you're the best team out of, out of all of them. I love this. I'm glad I was here to hear this. But this is, again, Adam P's uh, winner. Wednesday show. Not only do they have the numbers advantage, but I know I would absolutely not want to face Sarah in a fight, nor would I. Very, very, very small, but very, very tenacious. Jesse's a goalie. You don't want to fight a goalie because goalies are crazy. And Rob is a battle-tested veteran who would know how to get the job. I thought, yeah, that's that's fine. That's true. This I mean, whole thing hinges on who gets Sarah's boyfriend, who is a, a childhood <laughs> dear friend of mine and a professional <laughs> hockey player. So whoever he sides with, and it could be me. I don't want to rule this I, out. I mean, is winning. <laughs> you're 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 saying that because you're making you're making the run at Buddy there. You want I'm him campaigning for you want him, for it right want, now. You want him on you want him on the roster. Um. Will we ever be able to stream video recordings of the podcast? Uh, hopefully not. You guys don't want to look at us, especially especially early in the morning on on, on, t- on Sean Tuesday. Sean has a half gallon of coffee. I just it's want you guys to know this. It's a half gallon of coffee. It's a store bought. It's like a full on. How much is this? I, I guarantee you that's a half gallon. It's thirty two ounces. Okay, so it's a quarter. It's a, a quarter it's gallon. A quart? It looks like a half gallon. Is that, is that, is, is that, is that what a quart is? I don't know. Um. But oh man, everybody, everybody, go look at the comments. We're going on too long. These are these these are unbelievable. Um, Taylor Eight says, "I'm the head coach for the Baltimore Banners. Our founder director Noel Acton is the only American finalist for the NHL Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award. Can we get a shutout? Of course, and absolutely. Then, and then Huge Taylor shout-out. and then Taylor went and corrected himself and said Meredith Lang is from Minnesota. So Meredith Lang, Noel Acton, let's shout out to them. They're both finalists for the for the NHL's Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award." Um, and I think that's a good, that's a good note to end on, right? Like we're, we're trying to, we're trying to do something other than BS about what, what day of the podcast would win in an anchorman style brawl. I, I think, I think, I think that dude had us pinned though. That, that, that's definitely true. I'd he, be just Haley has him fooled. Other than that, he's spot on. That was the only, that was really the only thing that, that, that he was wrong about. And again, egregiously wrong Tyson Nash <laughs> level of, of incorrectitude from, from 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 buddy over there but you know can't win them all he was he, he was right on on about nine on about 90 percent of it uh that was great buddy i always love i always love talking to you like absolutely talk, no much a blast much shout out to brian boyle fantastic stuff yeah, from he's, him he's the he's he's the best man uh and again you should just come back next week because craig's Let's not, do it craig's not craig's not pulling his weight uh as always, we want you to remember that this is not the only the only show of the week. Much as we much as we pretend it is, everybody else does much much better, more professional jobs than us. Uh, Nick Kiprios joins Arthur Staple on the Garden Faithful. Arthur's Arthur's the greatest, isn't he? I love I love his show. Chris Johnson is the guest for Jonas and James on the Leaf Report. So CJ's always my God, he's. That's a five-tool player right there. He's always he's always bringing good stuff, and he's with he's with Siegel and Myrtle this week. So listen to those. Listen to our friends on the Wednesday show, who again are the uh, presumptive brawl champion. And follow us on your favorite podcast platform to leave a rating and review. Only good ones. Only five We don't want four Subscribe to the Athletic Audio Plus also on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. This week. Ian and Julian McKenzie provide the bonus content. 
That'll be good. It's good to get Julian on, 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 on another podcast. Start with a 30-day free trial, then just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, you can get an annual subscription to The Athletic for just $1 a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. Julian is also on the Wednesday. T- did, oh, man. Did they get did they get Julian in, in the in the Wednesday? No. I don't he, know. He can't. That's not right. That tips That's it. Stacked. That tips they it. Have, that tips they it may have far. twice as many. If they do, then you, me, Craig, and Corey are our allies. We're out. That, that's that. See, that's it. All right. We need and we need we need you to take we need you to take Julian because you guys are you guys are in the same age bracket. I, I think I've yeah. I think I think I've aged out of being able to fight Julian. I don't know if I ever could, but we're there. I can't fight, but I I am I'm large, so that's that's what we got going for us. You can fight. I've seen you, Max. Noted, noted barroom brawler. Me and you. Are you out here tip. telling people that that you've seen me fight? <laughs> I fight. No, you and I have fought. Fist fight. <laughs> Tipsy McStaggers. Oh, that's right. I forgot that's a that's a bit on this show. You guys run that into the ground. <laughs> Everyone hates it. <laughs> Thanks again, buddy. Great sliders. <laughs>Hey baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.